Paradam Dievo, Tievur, Sunaus, Šantos, Estvasos. Amen. Well, I hope you guys caught all that. Today is the Feast of Pentecost, one of the oldest feasts in the entire Christian calendar. As a matter of fact, Pentecost was celebrated long before Christians were celebrating Christmas. And why was this festival so important to them? And why is it still so important to us in this day and age? Well, one of the reasons you just heard as we read the beautiful lessons from the beginning of the service through to the gospel, we were blessed to hear so many different voices speaking in different languages. And yet, there is some way that we could understand what was being said. I'll say for myself that over the many years that Althea has been reading the Pentecost story in Belize Creole, I've come to understand it without even having to look at the text as if it were my own. And that's a beautiful and wonderful feeling. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. It brings us together and allows us to understand each other, each as we speak in our own way. That's what the Pentecost story says happened on that fateful day when faithful people gathered from every single corner of the empire together at the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate the holy day of Shavuot. And on the day when the Holy Spirit was given to them, tongues of divided fire rested upon their heads at the same time that they spoke in their own languages and crucially understood one another. When you look at the many aspects of what this miracle was like, you can see what beauty is through God's eyes and how the Holy Spirit brings about that beauty in the world. There was a diversity of peoples, people who were coming from different cultures together for the same purpose. And instead of all of those cultures having to be winnowed down into one dominant culture, each was allowed to express themselves and celebrated through that expression. It was a festival of understanding, of each being able to speak in his own language, but the others being able to understand, too. It was a festival of equality. No one group was greater than another, but rather everyone was celebrated equally. Of course, the book of Acts says that people were amazed and perplexed. And wouldn't you be a little bit amazed and perplexed as well? Perhaps you had that feeling when the gospel just now was being read in many different languages. It's this feeling of like, what exactly is going on here? This isn't what I'm used to. Well, that's because we're not used to understanding each other. But that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was something new, something powerful, and that's where that amazement and perplexity came from. Friends, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. All of these things I've just listed, all of the things that Holy Scripture says happened on that day of Pentecost, that is the work of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. It is God working through us. Sometimes in traditions like ours in the Episcopal Church, we don't talk a whole lot about spirits. And that's a little bit of a shame. 
Because spirits are animating everything that we do. We talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. And this, of course, is the celebration of her on this day, the third person of the Trinity. But there are other kinds of spirits, too. If there is a Holy Spirit, there's also an unholy spirit. And then there's a third way between holy and unholy that's almost just as bad, and that's no spirit at all, just deadness, lifelessness. So let's talk about those two, but only so that we can understand how important the gift of the Holy Spirit really is. When I think about what it looks like for a group of people to be possessed by an unholy spirit, I think of that fateful day almost six years ago in Charlottesville, Virginia. You certainly remember it. It's a little bit easier to talk about now with a couple of years distance, but even thinking about it sends shivers down my spine. White supremacists gathered from every corner of this country and even abroad to rally in something called the Unite the Right, something that they made up. You remember those images of them gathering at the statue on the campus of the University of Virginia, young men holding tiki torches with those looks on their faces. It looked like they were possessed with something, didn't it? That is what an unholy spirit looks like. The next day, people certainly were amazed and perplexed, but for all the wrong reasons. You probably even remember that in the confrontations between the protesters and people who were trying to stand for something else, someone even died. A white supremacist drove his car into a crowd of people and struck and killed Heather Heyer. Two other law enforcement officers died that day. Think about the contrast between that day and the day of Pentecost. Both were driven by the presence of the Spirit. On Pentecost, people came in their own diversity and understood each other. But that day in Charlottesville, people gathered from every corner of this country in order that one culture, one race, might be dominant. On the day of Pentecost, people understood each other. On that day in Charlottesville, the people who were gathering to demonstrate in that way were demanding that everyone bow to them, to their understanding of the world. They demanded that they have the power to determine what everyone else understood and thought and saw. On the day of Pentecost, people were amazed and perplexed but they were doing it because of how wonderful and beautiful this thing was that they were witnessing. On that day in Charlottesville, we were amazed and perplexed too, even if you were watching online or on TV or reading about it. It was just hard to believe that something so archaic and terrible and terrifying was happening in our society in the year 2017. Friends, that's the difference between the Holy Spirit and an unholy spirit. Both of them are working in our world. Both of them work towards certain goals, 
But the Holy Spirit comes from God. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit is the only spirit that leads us into truth and light and life. And let us not be so naive as to think that that Holy Spirit is not competing with some other spirits as well. Well, I also mentioned this third situation, and this is one that is really taking a grip on our society. And that's when there's pretty much no spirit at all. You probably know that by far the fastest growing religious identity in the United States is the nuns. Not religious people who live in community, but N-O-N-E people who have no religious or spiritual affiliation whatsoever. Now, there's no judgment, at least coming from me, to nuns. Many of them have left the religious traditions in which they were raised for very good reasons, perhaps because they were abused or witnesses to hypocrisy or greed. There are plenty of reasons why people might leave religion today. But that doesn't stop the fact that a society that is not engaged in spiritual practice is going to run into some problems. Because these spirits are very important. When a Christian church, for instance, is active and engaged with the values of the gospel, then God sees fit to give the Holy Spirit freely to guide us, to move us, to lead us. But when people are scattered and not engaged in any kind of communal spiritual practice, then the nunness, the no-spiritness, can begin to have effects as well. People still need the kind of excitement that the Holy Spirit gives, but we look for it in different ways, in distractions, in consumerism, in the spectacle of a political system that looks more like a bad play than a functioning democracy. I believe it's also no coincidence that that rally that happened in Charlottesville in 2017 was also at the height of the opioid epidemic in this country. Do you know that the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill W., first sought treatment from the famous Swiss psychologist Carl Jung? Carl Jung decided that there was nothing that he could do for Bill W. because his real issue was a spiritual problem, not solely a psychological one. Jung pointed out the importance of the word spirit, because you know that oftentimes alcohol is called spirits. He theorized that addiction was a spiritual malady, that people were going after spirits, looking for them wherever they could find them because they needed them so much, whether that was in a bottle or in a pill. We human beings are not designed to live a life with no spirit. And so when we abandon the spirit or don't have the benefit of it, we will go looking for it somewhere else. Friends, given everything that is going on in this world today, we are so blessed to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. In this place here at All Saints Church, we come Sunday after Sunday asking for the Spirit to come and guide us, to heal us, to give us life. Given everything that I've just said, 
Can't you see how that's what the Holy Spirit really does? It guides us in the way that God would have us go. It gives us life. It sustains us. It helps us to see new things, to imagine the way that God imagines, to understand one another across differences, and to create a beloved family of children who are all God's children. Today, we welcome into the household of faith, Raphael, God's beloved child. Raphael is a member of this body simply because Raphael is who he is. This congregation loves him as much as his family, and we welcome Raphael. We want a future world where people are practicing holiness. We want a world for Raphael that looks holier than the one that we have today. So let us pray to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, be with us. Guide us in holiness. Give us life. Renew the face of this country, this society, and this world, all for the good, and all that this place might be holier than it is now. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.